0: One, zero, all engines running,
1: commit liftoff. Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. It is Thursday, February 25th. Hard to believe. We're almost all the way through February. A few more days left. And it's beautiful here in Jacksonville. Not sure where you're listening from, whether you're up in Virginia in the Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Virginia area listening on the Lighthouse, in Meridian, Mississippi listening on WMER, up in Georgia listening on The Truth on 91.3 or in Jacksonville 91.7, St. Augustine 91.9 or through our app or streaming it live. We are glad that you are listening and join us today is guest day and uh, I'm excited about our guest today. He's been a, he's no he's very familiar especially if you're a SWAT guy listening here locally. Uh, you heard him last, uh, I a couple of summers ago. Uh, but uh, it is he is a dear friend, a great mentor, and he's been a great Paul in my life. And uh, I'm excited to have John Mazel join us. John, welcome back to SWAT Radio.
2: Thanks, good brother. It's always good to be with you.
1: Well, I uh, I'm sure... Always appreciative. I called Sue on a whim, just said, Sue, is there any chance John could come on? And she said, "Uh, I'll check. And I was really excited. Uh, For those who are just tuning in, John's background, uh, he was a businessman in the Dallas area and uh, former captain in the Marine Corps. Uh, It was awarded the Bronze Star Purple Heart. Uh, I met John back in 1994. Hard to believe it's been that long. And (laughs) long time ago he and bud tool took me on a trip to russia as an fbi agent got over there and they hogtied me and said you're going into ministry and we see god no they didn't do that they just took me over there and god opened up a door for me and john invited me to come on board east west and uh he began to build into me take me with him which is what disciples do and uh a lot of the ministry for you folks who listen all the time, the things that uh, you get to hear me share about my Lord and Jesus, uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, this man has helped me understand God's used him greatly. So, John, um, how how's your health right now, brother? I know you are battling this pulmonary fibrosis thing. How How's that going? Yeah.
2: Well... Uh... It's uh, it's moving right along. It's a uh, it's a crazy disease that uh, all these years. Uh, uh, when you think way back thirty years ago, Bill Bright with Campus Crusade and Dawson Dawson Trotman with the Navigators uh, twenty five years ago, they all died of it. And there's still no uh, they don't know where it comes from. They don't know how people get it. But uh, I like to tell people uh, I'm right on schedule with my Heavenly Father. Mm. And I'm about, uh, you know, 50% lung capacity right now. Mm. And uh, so that just, uh, uh, the meds that I take slow the growth down. There's, as I said, uh, no cure other than God decides to uh, maybe give... uh, some extra time but uh i'm in the safest place in the world my times are in his hands
1: mm-hmm. well um just the other day john Lori was cleaning out some uh, photos and uh she found a couple of photos uh back from 20 something years ago where we were at a retreat uh over in uh, russia and some of those early years wow. for me uh over there and now i'm the age you were when you were leading me over there and uh it's really interesting to see how god has uh opened doorways but he brought people like you into my life to help teach me about jesus as our messiah and jesus as our king and you were always passionate about that it was never something you just got up to speak about you weren't a speaker you were a lover of jesus and uh, i'm grateful for that uh you wrote a thing recently about the lukewarm christian from revelation three fifteen, 15 and uh, you know as i read that i was just thinking about where we are as a nation uh i know you you've been lots of places lots of countries and you've been around this nation to many many places what do you see going on spiritually right now in our country and I know it's it's a time of opportunity but I, I was kind of taken back by what you wrote and it was just a reminder to me there's a lot of lukewarmness out there because we're too distracted with other things could you speak to that just for a second
2: uh, yeah I, uh, I think uh, one of the things that really breaks uh, Savior's hearts these days is uh, this uh, this period of time of uh, the Scripture clearly says uh, he refers to as lukewarmness. And if you'll remember, and most of you listening probably know this, that uh, when John is writing the book of Revelations, there are seven churches he addresses, and people smarter than me Doug, uh, uh, these professors, they say that this was different periods of history. And of course, if uh, the clock really began uh, to tick, as we know when Israel became a nation, uh, and uh, as far as the last times or the last periods of the specific church that it refers to, uh, the church at Laodicea, a lot of people think that's uh, you know that's the last stage uh, that we will be in, and uh, you know in that passage there there uh, there are times when God is commending the church and times when God is rebuking the church, and one of the difficulties in uh, this period of time I think that we're in. Uh, if you look at uh, Laodicea the uh maybe the last it's the last church that's mentioned, which means that uh the fuse is short as far as Jesus promised to return. Uh it's very uh, it's very painful because it talks about the church really not being the church. It talks about the church uh yeah, I know Jesus, yeah, he's my savior, yeah, I go to Sunday school once in a while, but uh, as far as going public with Jesus, that cost may be too great, and I know the gift is free, and uh, I know where I'm going when I die, and and, and we've got all this uh, lukewarmness rather than uh, what Paul tries to instill in us. Hey, guys, we're in a warfare. It's fierce. Uh, Jesus wins. He writes the last chapters. Uh, but we're to be engaged uh, as it relates to the gospel, if you're still on planet Earth. And what we're seeing today mostly is the church in retreat, uh, where very few people go public as it relates to their faith, and that's kind of what I think he's addressing when he's, hey guys, uh, you know, you uh, it's a church, so let's say they've received Christ, they've trusted in Christ, Part of the body of Christ. Uh, But Paul also talks about other types of Christians called carnal Christians. They've got all the resources and the knowledge, but yet they're not going public and they're not being verbal about who they really are in their relationship with Christ. So uh, the church is in a very, humanly speaking, uh, difficult place. But just like you and your radio program and the people listening, and God's got his people all over this planet uh, that are loving Jesus and serving God. Uh, But that number seems to be decreasing uh, quite rapidly.
1: Well, and I love what you wrote. And we're going to go to break, John, and we're going to come back. And when we come back from the break, I would like for you to speak a little bit about this warfare. Um, uh, you were a Marine. You were a Marine who served in war, uh, and you were on the battlefield. And I think a lot of people forget or don't even consider that we are in a battle. And um, what, what you say here is, in your devotional. By the way, I'm going to tell people how they can get that. Um, they can get on a list to start getting that, but... You talk about Christ wanting us to have undivided hearts that are on fire. And you you quote Psalm 86, which says, Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. And I I just know as a Marine, when you went into battle, you had to have an undivided heart. You could not be distracted because it not only affected you, it affected others. And uh, like I said, we got to go to this break. And uh, when we come back from the break, John, if you don't mind, I would really like you to kind of take up on that that battlefield mentality and how an undivided heart affected. You probably saw examples of that. Uh, when you were on the battlefield. Uh, that I mean, how it affects people to not really be all in. And when we come back, I really would like you to speak to that. Okay, brother? Great. Yeah. Hey, you're listening to uh, John Mazel. Uh, John founded East West Ministries. I want to tell you about that ministry. It's a great church planning ministry, pioneer evangelism, disciple making eastwest.org you can get more information and uh, we're going to be right back with more from john on swat radio stay tuned
0: if you'd like to contact swat radio the toll-free number is one 777 7928 that's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT
1: Doug McCary from East West Ministry. I'm sorry, <laughs> boy, that was going back. I'm talking to John, and I'm already back on stuff. I never really left John. You know, I'm still kind of a a, a, a junk uh, East West missionary. But uh, it's uh, Doug McCary, his light ministries with SWAT Radio, and I got uh, John Mazel, who founded East West along with uh, our good brother Bud Tool. And uh, John, you know, looking back at those pictures. Uh, For some of our listeners who may be joining us today, you and Bud, two businessmen who, uh, as best I know, you've said this, I think I've heard you say this, you didn't really have a big plan, you just kind of did what God told you to do, kind of followed what he led you to do, and he really used you guys in great ways behind the Iron Curtain Um And I think he used the Marine Corps, like he has in my life, to train us to fight, to train us to battle, because we're in a battle. And um, I want to get you to talk about how God did some of that, but first I want to go back to that question about the battlefield. I I really think a lot of people in our country uh, do not have, a lot of believers or professing believers don't have a battlefield mentality. Talk about from a guy who's been in combat, how that impacts people in a combat zone, when you're in combat without a battlefield mentality.
2: Well, it's, you know, the scripture uh, is very, very clear that there is a spiritual warfare that's going on all around us. Matter of fact, uh, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter Uh, write quite extensively about uh, the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. And uh, the book of Ephesians talks about we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. In other words, there is a real spirit of darkness that is alive and well in the world today, that is trying to deceive and compromise and do whatever it can to destroy the church and keep the church in a weakened condition. And there is a mandate in Scripture that the church is to go and to tell, and that we know the last chapter of what the book Uh, says, uh, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But at this time, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of suffering uh, going on in the world today, but the message of the redeeming love to the four corners of the globe is still upon the heart of Jesus Christ. And if you have said yes to Jesus, in some way, Jesus, who took up residence within you, he's going to move you in a direction, first of all, in your circle of influence within your family, and then with your friends, and then in your business, but ultimately his heart is also for the world. And you and I, in America, live in the greatest country uh, there is today, with the greatest amount of spiritual freedom and we see the work of god uh, even on our even on our currencies and God we trust that has built this country but yet uh most countries in the world uh have no spiritual focus or mandate in anything that they do and uh so it's a it's a, it's a unique time in history i, I think I said the fuse is short, and God is calling his people uh, to trade up to the next level. There is never—I don't care if you're a one-year-old Christian, a 20-year-old Christian, or a 50-year-old Christian. uh, There's no status quo. If if you're status quo, you're really not growing in your Christian experience whether you've been a Christian six months or whether you've been a Christian 60 years. And so I'm I'm afraid the church is in a lot of trouble today because we don't embrace that sense of urgency uh, that this speck of time that we have down here, uh, God wants to use so uniquely in your situation and in your set of circumstances. It is... Probably most of you know, Doug and I didn't come out of a of a religious background or ministry. We were in the marketplace, and, and we were in the secular world. But it is there that we flushed out the reality of what it means to walk with Jesus Christ, just like it means for the guy who's in the pulpit on Sunday morning preaching the message. There's no difference. It's simply... That my environment and my circle of influence and the people that I'm to be salt and light to are in a different realm than sitting in the peas on Sunday morning listening to a guy behind a podium. And that's why what you do and who you are is so strategic. Whether you're a mom taking care of kids, or whether you're a guy who just lost the biggest deal that you've ever worked on, or you just made the biggest deal that you've ever worked on, every one of us is to have a sense of mission at this time in history to be salt and light and point people to the reality of a resurrected
1: Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, and John, in one of your recent spiritual reflections, which is John's kind of like it's a, it's a an email uh, blog he puts out, kind of like uh, uh, just some reflections. You, you spoke about a life not wasted, and I thought it was good. You brought up Jim Elliott, who was a missionary who died early in life. But you asked the question, is what we're living for, is this something that we live for worthy of our deepest affection and highest loyalty? And, you know, he died very early to go share the gospel with a group of people in another country that really most people didn't care about and i was reading what you wrote and i was struck uh, by what you said because this is this is i think the rub for a lot of us everybody thinks they have to be a billy graham or they think they got to go and and even do what he did but you make this statement in there that you know um from, you said, from my point of view, I'd love to go share with a million people and see them come to Christ. Of course, we, that would be great. But you said, God may not call you to that. And, you know, that he may call you. Uh, I was struck by this, but then I thought of uh, who's the girl, uh, Joni Erickson Tata, to live a life in the view of the world as somebody disabled, but who had an incredible impact the way she served and loved God. Uh, it it may be to take care of a, an invalid family member where the only time you get to get out of the house is to get groceries, you say. And that that's hard because for the person who stands up and preaches like you and I have had the opportunity to do and you see people trust Christ, there's there's this sense of fulfillment. And you get a sense of being used by God. But what would you say to that person who struggles to feel like they are taken care of? family members they are doing things that go unnoticed mm-hmm. uh because that's a tough place to be especially in our culture now
2: hello
1: hello yeah john can you hear me
2: yeah yeah i hear you yeah
1: did you did you hear oh, the I question
2: um Say it one more time. Yeah, the, uh, it's the culture we live in.
1: What? Yeah, the, basically, you know, you made the statement in your blog that people people are called to different things, and God may call you to spend time taking care of a family member who can't take care of themselves. He may call you right. to be disabled and just pray for right. people. So, what would you say to those people who are struggling right now because they feel like what they do? goes unnoticed, or what they do uh, doesn't seem as important as the guy who stands up and preaches every Sunday or who preaches the big outreach events?
2: Yeah. Uh, that's that's something a question probably has affected all of us at uh, one time or another. And uh, a couple of thoughts that have been helpful to me are that the eye is not my hand, and my hand is not my foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my ear, uh, you know, is not my uh, nose. In other words, the picture we're painting there, it's its all of these different parts that make up my body to allow me to be affected both physically, mentally, and spiritually. And... Uh, you know, if everybody, uh, if all the Christians were the same, uh, we never would understand uh, the beauty of uh, of the body, so to speak. If everybody's just going to be an eyeball, well, what does that do with my hearing? I can't I can't hear any messages or so forth. I don't have a tongue, and so I I think that one of the dangers of scripture. And, and the Apostle Paul is very clear on this. He says, they that compare themselves with themselves and judge themselves among themselves are not wise. Mm-hmm. In other words, you and I are to have only one standard, and that's the Lord Jesus. And the Scripture says, as we constantly behold Him— we are being transformed into his likeness and image. So how do I behold Christ? Well, that's where the mandate of the book, that's where the scriptures are so important. Almost every person I see uh, these days after we've had our time together, or whether it's a social social or business or, or just working out together or whatever it means, Usually the last word that I will say to him. well, I'll see you, Joe. Hey, don't forget, stay in the book. Mm-hmm. Stay in the book. Stay in the book. You cannot make it over the long haul apart from hearing from God on a daily basis in his book. Now, do, I, uh, do we miss days? Certainly we miss days. Certainly things come up. But if you want a way of life to get at the end and knowing that you have been in the right race at the right time and allowed God to use you and leverage you in the way that he earnestly desired to, you've got to be a person of the book. Hmm. The written scriptures have got to become the living scriptures in and through you. Hmm. And I would say, my number one priority, whether I'm getting on a plane going somewhere, or whether uh, I've got six meetings uh, in one day, or what, is somewhere. Very rarely will I ever lay my head on a pillow that I have not spent some time in the book.
1: Wow. Well, well, John, that's a great word, and I want to come back on that. And uh, and one thing, one final thing you say from that. We're breaking for the news now in the half hour. You're listening to John Mazel on SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after the news. I'm just hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Thursday, February 25th. If you forgot, while we're uh, here in the studio on SWAT Radio today, thank you so much to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, uh, Tom Neal Trucking, Highway to Attorney Ministries, uh, the the Lord's Foundation, all you people who make this possible. And thank you for listening out there. And um, we're talking to John Mazel from East West Ministries. John founded East West, and John was very instrumental in um, God using him to bring me into ministry on my first outside the country mission trip. Actually, it was my first mission trip ever to Voronish, Russia back in 1994. And uh, John wow. gave a uh, lecture at Moscow State University. And uh, somebody had the wherewithal to record that, put it into print, and now it's over in 2 million copies. And it's called, Is Jesus God the Most Important Question of Our Day? I think I've plagiarized just about everything John said in there so many times that I can't even count because God really used it to share the gospel with people all over the world. I mean, uh, millions of people have read it. It's in 21 different languages, maybe more now. And... um John would attribute it all to Jesus. And, you know, where you are now, John, I know because of this pulmonary fibrosis, just like Bill Bright and others, you're not stopping, but it definitely slows you down. But you say in this particular uh, reflection that you did uh, that God's way of glorifying himself might be something very different than we think. And it, it might mean taking care of somebody at home where nobody sees us or we don't even see a big result. Mm -hmm. And you make this comment, and I'll close this part out with this, that um, I need to get to the point where I pray, Lord, I don't care what your will is, only that I'm in your will. And um, you don't get there right away, do you? (laughs) It takes a while to get to that place, I think.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and, you know, so many, 90, probably 5% of the world, does not have a public platform. We get up in the morning, we go do our job, we come home, we've got a family, we've got to mow the yard, we've got to go buy groceries, Our car breaks down. It's, it's doing the mundane things in life in a way that have meaning and purpose in honoring God. I think that's why Paul wrote, he says, whether you eat, or whether you drink, do all for the glory of God. In other words, the two most mundane things you and I do, consciously and subconsciously, you know, that we're eating drinking. I just had a sip of tea a while ago uh, because it was sitting on the table, and, and, and I didn't even think about it. And he says, when you eat or drink, whatever you do, understand that it can be done for my name's sake, and for the glory of my purposes, and so its there's no such thing as a higher calling and a lower calling. We are all called. I don't care what your job is, or what your career is, or what environment you are working in. You can live that life and do that job to the face of Jesus, under the authority of Jesus, and for the honor and glory of Jesus. And let me tell you, there are going to be an awful lot of unknown, unapplauded, unrecognized yard men and maids in houses that were loving Jesus and walking with Jesus that are going to be so close to the throne of Jesus and the presence of Jesus that all of us high-profile, reputation type people that had a public platform, we're gonna be so far behind them because they caught this vision. It's not who you are, but it's what you do and what you who you follow. And I don't care what it is, mow the yard for the glory of God and preach to hundreds for the glory of
1: God. Mm. You know, you were, before we went to break, you were talking about the importance of the word and, Mm. you know, spending time in the word, not because you're preparing to do a Bible study or you're preparing to teach just to spend time with your King. And, um, you know, Jesus, he was a man of the text. Most of what he said in the new Testament was old Testament text. And you know, I know, John, you have always modeled for me a passion for our king. And I, I I one of your um one of your devotionals was about the holy and rejected king. And you look at our world and uh the way people react today, it's really not that different than the way people reacted back then, is it?
2: Well, it, it, it's called Everybody's Born with a Thin Nature. <laughs> yeah. It just depends on what kind of toys we have during our generation to play with and to manifest it. But at the core of our being, uh, we're egocentric.
1: And
2: uh, that's why we died spiritually, <laughs> literally, and that's why Jesus came back. He came back to make you and I a new creation for those that understand that I'm separated from God, and I simply say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I take you as my Savior. And Jesus invades their life and begins to turn darkness into light and to turn meaninglessness into purposelessness and to begin to have a joy, no matter what my circumstances might be, that is totally supernatural because of the indwelling presence of Christ. Every person can have that who looks to Christ. And our biggest the strategy of the enemy is to always give us a reasonable alternative to make that decision. Well, you can make that decision... Once you become the top salesman in the organization, well, you're the top salesman in the organization. Well, not now, you know, maybe uh, you can do that when you make the C- become the CEO of the organization. And think, so there's always a reasonable alternative to postpone to say, "Yes, Lord Jesus, I give you my life." come and take up residence within me and make me the man or make me the woman that you want to be for your name's sake.
1: Mm, well, and I, you, you know, you, one of your recent, uh, devotionals that you share with people, uh, you, you mentioned this, this aspect of, um, fostering this relationship through prayer and really connecting with God. And I don't know anybody that I've, personally read about in history, except maybe Hudson Taylor that prayed as much and saw God answer prayer as much as George Mueller, and you quoted Mueller <laughs> and there and the quote that you have I want to read and then get you to reflect before we go to our last break it's he says, "I never remember in all my Christian course a period that I ever sincerely and patiently, and you highlighted that sincerely and patiently." sought to know the will of God by the teaching of the Holy Ghost through the instrumentality of the word of God. But I've been always directed rightly. And if honestly of heart and upright before God were lacking, or if I didn't patiently wait, or if I preferred the counsel of my fellow men, which it's easy to fall into that, to the declaration of the words of the living God that I made great mistakes. And so he, he also echoes that need for time with God in the word. And, um, mm-hmm. and again, talk a little bit about the importance of prayer and word and the word, how they go together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: you know, the, we have a saying, uh, you can't, uh, uh, you can't do Jesus on the fly.
1: <laughs>
2: and uh, a 20-minute or 30-minute message on Sunday, uh, and that's all I'm getting is pretty much on the fly. And uh, it takes uh, work. And by that, I'm not talking about uh, the sweat of my brow. I'm talking about... Uh, putting, lining my soul up with the truth that is in his book about what will give me a full and abundant life that has his peace and his joy. And everything in my culture and everything in my environment 24-7, the enemy is trying to use to distract me from the simplicity of Jesus plus nothing equaling everything, and let me tell you, I'm not a guy who sits in a corner with his book, uh, with his Bible, for eight hours a day and such and such. I do life. I've been through every stage of life. Uh, that you can. When I was in Vietnam, Jesus was so real to me. I'd be in firefights and I'd be saying, "Jesus, do I come home today? Is this it? Do I catch a bullet today?" When I was in the business world, I would be closing the deal and I say, "Lord, I asked you that you would bless this business deal and that you would give me this business, but I want to thank you in advance if you do." and I want to thank you in advance. If you don't, I know you have purpose for it. Jesus is practical. He is daily. When I pull up at 6 o'clock at night and walk in my home and not knowing whether I'm going to have a wife that's angry at me about something, or the kids have just drove her crazy, or whether I'm going to walk what I'm walking into, before I would walk through that door, I'd say, Lord Jesus, take control of my life and live your life of love and acceptance through me these next two to three hours in a way. Jesus wants to meet you, whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation is, if you will simply cry out and then trust Him and His ways, which are usually not in accordance with our ways.
1: Mm. Well, that's a good word. Well, hey, we're going into our last break, John, and we're going to come back. And uh, I, I, when we come back, I would love for you to just share to that person that may be listening out there that has loved ones who aren't that don't know him. So you're listening to SWAT Radio with John Mazel. We'll be right back.
0: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week.
1: parts and truck rental and leasing to the north florida and south georgia truck market more information on tom neal truck company is located at www.tomneal.com that's www.tomnehl.com i
0: push i pull go back and forth finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without you. I can never be, never be me without you.
1: Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is Doug McCary with our last segment today with John Mazel, Um from East West Ministries. And hey, listen, I was just sitting here thinking as as we were in the break that if you have not heard John's other interviews on the program, I highly encourage you to go to our website. That's www.swatradio.com and just put in the search John Mazel, M-A-I-S-E-L. Just put in the search, John, and all of his past programs will come up that he's been on. He's been on three or four times. Every interview is worth a listen because it's such an encouragement, not only to me, uh, but others that have told me how much it encouraged them. And if you would like a copy of Is Jesus God, um, his book that was really a lecture he gave, then send me an email to Doug at SWATradio.com. Just Doug at SWATradio.com. I'm happy and make sure you put your address on there and I'll send you a copy of that. And, um, you know, John, I'm just sitting here thinking, uh, you and I have a lot of memories together, many of them from a while back, but we, we made many trips to Russia together. There were many conversations that were just what I call the, 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 uh, traveling conversations like Jesus walking with his disciples up the road and they're just talking I think that's probably when they learned some of their greatest lessons. And it was that way with me, with you. And I I was just always encouraged by your love for Jesus, your, your, your loyalty to him, not your perfection in him, but your loyalty to him. And for people out there who are struggling uh, because they have family members, they desperately want to see, know him in a meaningful way, but they're posers or people or or maybe they're posers. I don't know. Maybe they're people who've like you said, go to church, but they don't really know him. Let's, let's talk to that group first to the person who's, who's heard the gospel, but they're still playing around with it. What would you say to that person out there and encourage them? Because you made such an impact in my life. Encourage them today. What would you say to that person? Who's not really, all in with Jesus. They're just not there. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, I think that uh, the biggest fight that the enemy uh, fights with us is. Uh, firing darts of lies to us. And there are very few people that come to Christ that at some time, yeah, if you did, you're going to lose this. Or if you do that, you can't do this. Uh, Jesus, in his invitation of his love for you and what he wishes to give you, to give you, forgiveness of sin, all sin, and the free gift of eternal life, free. Uh, the enemy comes and says, well, you can't do this anymore. Or well, if you do that, you, know, you won't be able to do, enjoy this anymore. Uh, and it's a, it's a master strategy. Think I'm going to lose something when the living God who created us and redeemed us and took our punishment upon him says, I love you. And if you will simply just ask me and invite me to be your personal Savior, I will forgive you of all your sins and give you the free gift of eternal life. And I promise I will give you an abundant life and save you from the destruction that you are heading towards by believing the lies of darkness. And somewhere along the way, uh, a person's has got And uh, I've walked away from a lot of guys that uh, I've said, Joe, you're a fool. Uh... And I've also walked away from a lot of guys, I've said that too, that a couple of years later they have come back and said, I'm ready to talk, I'm ready to make a decision. And if there is anybody that's involved in this program today, first and foremost, uh, those of you that know the Lord Jesus, Uh, our priority is to get the message of the love of Christ to the ear of as many people as we possibly can. We can't do anything to turn their heart. Only the Spirit of God can do that. But if from our time today, if God would so motivate a band of brothers and sisters to just say, Lord, I'm available, I want to be used to verbalize, verbalize, uh, how a person can know your forgiveness and your redeeming love and master plan for eternal life. Mm. Uh, just pray that. Just, just tell them that, and then let God be God. And uh, I guarantee you, there is nothing that you and I will ever walk away from that God does not intend to give us something better. Mm -hmm. The strategy of darkness and of the enemy is to think I'm going to have to give up something that makes me happy. It's only one thing that will bring you inexpressible joy, and that's a relationship with the person of Jesus Christ. And so I just, I I, I plead, I beg, and and, and Doug's too. And all of those of you that know this, just cry out in behalf of people who might hear what we're talking about today and just say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I invite you to be my personal Savior and make me the man or the woman you want me to be. And I guarantee you, if you pray that, when Doug and I see you, whenever— in heaven uh you will come up and you will say thank you it was the best decision i ever made in my life so that's the urgency of the hour the issues brothers and sisters are huge they are huge and i'm probably older than most of you and i'm getting ready to probably depart before long, but I guarantee you I made the decision that I'm talking to you about when I was 20 years old, and there's never been a regretful day since then. Have there been sinful days and failures? Yes, I have had been sinful days and failures in my spiritual walk, but there has never been a regretful day that I said yes to Jesus Christ and to his love and to his forgiveness. And as Paul even closes out in Corinthians, may I close out with a simple word that should register to all of our hearts when Paul says, I beg you. I beg you, you come to Christ.
1: Mm. Wow, I I, I just want to echo what John is saying, and um, and I and I you know John wrote about something um, I think it was six months or a year ago. He talked about the difference between the Jesus of Scripture and the Jesus of culture, and and the Jesus of our culture is very different than the Jesus of Scripture and the Jesus of scripture he said he wants uh, he wants to lead us as a shepherd leads a sheep and john as I've been going to Israel and I've actually met real shepherds they love their sheep they know their sheep mm-hmm. they're caring and that's one thing you've always communicated to me about Jesus is that he's a caring dad he's a general uh who cares about his troops um, and he's a he's a father who won't let his kids down. And like a, like a lot of dads, we let our kids down because we're human and we're flawed. But not this one. Not Jesus. He's sovereign. And um, and I just I, my encouragement if you're listening today, don't let another day go by without acknowledging your need for Him. If you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, where He's your King, He's your Lord, He's your Savior. And, um, and he's your shepherd because I agree with John in my life. He's never let me down. I, I don't regret anything I've ever done for him. And I don't, I dare say John would either. And, um, so John, it, it has been, uh, a privilege for me to know you and to have you on the air today again, you're just, uh, you're a good brother. And I think, a, I think it's a Psalms where it just talks about how, how good it is. It's like the dew of Mount Hermon, <laughs> uh, flowing down when mm-hmm. brothers uh, dwell in unity. And just to hear your voice uh, is an encouragement to me because you've been such a faithful uh, Paul figure in my life. And, and I, I just uh, lay a lot of fruit down brother uh, <laughs> at the feet of Jesus oh. that came from you because you were so gracious to let this uh, very prideful <laughs> Very uh, impulsive uh, FBI agent uh, come on board East West Ministries years ago. So thank you. Thank you, you know. for being here and for all you've done for me and for the kingdom, brother.
2: Well, two simple statements. I'm a short men and women. Second statement, the best is yet to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Third statement. Just go tell somebody about the love of Christ today.
1: Mm. Well,
2: and thank you for the privilege of sharing with you
1: today. Oh, well, listen as we go out. I just want to pray for you, um, Father. We uh, we just we bless you. You are the one true living God. You are the God of the universe. There's none like you. And Jesus, you intervene on our behalf daily in the presence of the Father. And Holy Spirit, you comfort us. And I just lift up my brother to you. Whether you give him a few days, a few months, a few years, I pray your peace on him and continue to make him a fruitful witness until the day you bring him home. Be with his family and continue to bless East West Ministries. Thank you so much for my brother in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, John.
2: Doug, thank you, good brother. And thank you uh, all who listened today. I hope to meet you someday soon. Grace and
1: peace. Grace and peace. Hey, if you want to know more information about East West Ministries, go to eastwestministries.org. That's eastwestministries.org. You can also uh, send me an email to doug at uh, swatradio.com. I'll send you one of John's Is Jesus God booklets. Great for helping you uh, know how to share. And if you want to hear this or any past program, go to www.swatradio.com, www.swatradio.com. I'll be back tomorrow with more SWAT Radio. Have a good evening.
0: If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety,